Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Well, hello again, 10-minute Tuesday time. Uh, This subject of unnecessary suffering, you've heard me use that term before, no doubt, uh, but it really just sums up so much about how I organize my energy, my life, my writing, my speaking. Uh, I I watch people suffer greatly and, you know, there are two types. There is is suffering that is necessary and not to be avoided. If you run away from necessary suffering, you miss the growth opportunity. You miss the the character-building moments, the the deep lessons that are going to grow you. Uh, However, the other type of suffering, the unnecessary suffering, it just keeps you embedded in your stories of lack and limit. Uh, and, and you suffer greatly down that path, but it is unnecessary. And so my, my whole focus in life is doing whatever I can to end unnecessary suffering. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Kat and I were talking about getting live events happening again in the near future, which is super exciting. I was, uh, you know, this time last year, I was just off to the States planning events in, in uh, LA and New York and North Carolina and super excited about that and it really is there's nothing like being in the room with you all and so I'm um, going to do that again in the capital cities uh, so let me know which one's closest to you Sydney Brisbane Gold Coast Canberra Adelaide Melbourne that'll be the one sort of target first unless there's interest from other places but I want to talk about unnecessary suffering I want to have conversations with you all in the room about this stuff because um, there is a way of thinking about this clearly. That's that's kind of the point. Clear thinking, um, predictable thinking around how to ease unnecessary suffering. And so uh, it's, a, it's a really important subject. But today, I'm talking about unnecessary suffering when it comes to money because that is an area that people suffer so much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's intense, the level of suffering people have in terms of what happens with their relationship with money. So why do people suffer? Uh, the, the essence of, of the unnecessary suffering when it comes to money is is where their story about themselves collides with their relationship with money. And, and therefore, their relationship with money uh, takes on the role of protecting them from their fears about themselves based on the story that they've developed about who they are and what they're worth. And that can play out one of two ways. So sometimes having more money is the protection strategy, i.e. I am nothing without money. I fear that I'm no good, terrible, unworthy, bad. So what I'm going to do is go on a heroic quest to demonstrate my value by what I can earn. So you'll know I'm a good person by looking at my bank balance, by looking at my possessions, by looking at the clothes that I'm wearing, the watch that I've got, the car that I drive. That's how you'll be able to tell that I'm a really excellent person. And so the moment I didn't, the moment I lose any of those things, then I'm in danger of being found out as inadequate. So that's how it plays out on one end. And there is great suffering down that road, obviously, no, no matter what the trappings, what, what the advantages of having lots of money are down there, that, that doesn't come, that's not all beer and Skittles, as you could imagine, I'm sure. And the other side that it plays out is, is the opposite way. So um, I'm afraid that money will corrupt me. I'm afraid that I'm bad. I want to be good. I'm afraid that I'm bad. 
and and money will only increase the chances of that badness coming out. So money will make me greedy. Money will make me selfish. Money will cause me to make decisions that hurt other people. Money will be the thing that demonstrates that there's something wrong with me. So money is dangerous. So therefore, I will avoid money. So not having money will be the way that I stay safe. Just being the same as everyone else, not rising above my station, not doing anything that will draw attention to myself. That's how I'll protect myself. So either way, money just becomes the extension of your relationship with yourself. This is why, you know, in the work that I do in helping people face insecurity, I love talking about money. Money is such an accurate window into a person's psyche. It's it's such a clean representation of uh, how you feel about yourself and the stories that you tell. So it's a great it's a great way to uh, uncover what you believe is true about yourself. So uh, the point about suffering when it comes to money and unnecessary suffering in particular is that the issue is never about money. It looks like the cause of suffering is money. Um, it, it never is, not ever, not once. And when you can see that and free yourself, like money is just a construct. It's not real. It's, it's like time. If 10 people all sat in a circle and pulled out a $50 note out of their wallet and put it on the table in front of them, it looks like all $50 notes are exactly the same, but none of them are the same. They're all entirely different because they all are a representation of the owner of the $50 note. For some, that's their last 50. For others, that 50 doesn't matter. For some, they've got hopes and dreams for that 50. Others are hoping to invest it. Some are afraid of losing it. Others hope to double it. Others are suspicious that it will leave them uh, and don't want to jinx themselves. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff that shows up in association with that $50 note. Um, so, But the issue is it's not about money. It's got nothing to do with money. Money is just where the suffering shows up. So uh, some examples of unnecessary suffering, uh, you know, clearly you won't be surprised by these, but just to pinpoint them so we know exactly what we're talking about. And being governed by money uh, is is a form of unnecessary suffering. So money is your master. You are a slave to money. Money has power over you in some way, shape, or form. Um, either money is dangerous and therefore you are avoiding it, um, or, or money is your driver in terms of your vehicle to demonstrate your worth. But either way, your whole world is governed financially. Every decision you make has a financial component to it. If, if, you're, if, if your decision-making is based on can I afford this, um, that is unnecessary suffering. That is a high level of suffering to make decisions, every decision based on uh, the financial risk-reward. Um, that's not money's value and use to you. Uh, if, if you're afraid of money, afraid of getting it or losing it, then that is unnecessary suffering. There are, there are an incredible amount of anxieties that people experience around money um, that, that leads to an almighty amount of suffering. Uh, and if you are in a lack space, if you don't have enough, if there's, you're in a survival space, if you don't have enough money to do the things that you want to do, there's a high level of suffering with having not much money or not enough money. Uh, and, and I'm convinced that is unnecessary suffering. I'm convinced that it is possible to have financial freedom and and that is the goal, that that money is just an extension of what is in your heart, that money enables you to do all that you desire, that it's not about money. You have a very happy relationship with money. 
you, you the joy of money's in the flow. You watch money come. You watch money go. Um, now there's there's meaningful suffering down that road because to become the kind of person who can have a happy relationship with money, as you would expect, uh, requires some significant work. The work is actually not on money. The work is on yourself. The work is on your beliefs about yourself so that it's safe to have money and that money doesn't add to your suffering. Money adds to your freedom. So uh, the essence of how to have a happy relationship with money, which is the goal here, um, it's, it's no different than any other thing that I talk about in terms of how you fix this. Um, money is the presenting pain like people typically try and solve the problem where they see the pain so people see the suffering with money so they they automatically assume it must be a money problem it's not a money problem it's never been a money problem it will never be a money problem money's just what what shows up money is what you can see so examine the first thing is examine your interactions with money for what you can learn about yourself for the clues for the patterns behavior never lies it is an accurate window into the structure of your beliefs. It is not random. It's not a coincidence. It is never weird. Not once is it messy. It is highly structured. And if you can examine it, just notice the patterns. Notice how you spend money, what you spend money on, what keeps you up at night, what anxieties you have about money, the emotions you attach to money, the fears you have around it. Notice it, notice the patterns, and then examine let that let be the that sorry let that be the access point back into your own experience of being you and let that guide you into uncovering your own beliefs about yourself. What must you believe about yourself in order to behave this way? That's the power question always to do the review work to go back second thing once you're getting once you're discovering the key beliefs fears stories you have around yourself that money has shown you you've got to go back to the start there is still an aversion to this idea of doing the review work all the way back to the child i see many people just kind of going what would be the value in going back i'm just gonna i'm gonna shut that door suppress that memory and just sail forward Um, but it's it's madness because the moment you get tired stressed anxious or triggered that old narrative comes out and takes over like it always has. You must deconstruct these stories all the way back to the beginning. So the first thing is discover what the story is. Second thing is discover where the story started. When was the very first time you decided this was true? Where was where was the inception point? And often you won't have conscious awareness of that, but that's okay. If you're willing to wait and listen and be patient, your unconscious knows with precision where these stories started. I promise you, you might not believe me. That's okay. It makes entire sense. You can imagine your whole life change on these pivot moments. So uh, then, of course, they are stored there. Of course, your unconscious knows these moments in time. Uh, if you don't remember them, it's because it doesn't serve you to remember them. It would be unkind of your unconscious to bring traumatic experiences if you don't have the tools to deal with them. But as you're seeing the framework and the process for how this is resolved, then it becomes safe to examine them. But you've got to go back to the start. Third thing is to, having seen the start, it's to help the the child who made those opinions in the first place see something different. Sometimes people review these stories from a distance. They they rationalize them as an adult. Oh, yeah, clearly that doesn't make sense now. Clearly I know that's not true. I'm just going to, you know, delete that. Well, you might not think it's true, but the child still does think it's true. You've got to go back and help them. You've got to help them see an alternative. You've got to help them process this experience so they don't personalize it. Then that enables you to free yourself from that story and write a new narrative. Uh, And then your main work is to 
align yourself to that new narrative again and again and again until it sticks. You might be surprised at how little time it takes to renew that, to make that your new um, paradigm and the new default setting. I would say as little as two or three weeks, if you did that daily, it becomes the thing that now you gravitate towards. It becomes the truth. Just like early on, you believed it was true, found some evidence, locked it in as certain, then it became your filter and then it created a life of its own. The same thing is true when you create new stories. Um, And then this is always testable. This is entirely pragmatic. You know if you've done this successfully, if you have a happy relationship with money. If there is no unnecessary suffering, then proof is in the pudding. You have set yourself free and you've set yourself free not from money, but for the stories about yourself that show up in money. I hope that's useful. I hope that's given you some ways of thinking about your own story. Uh, As always, if you need help unpacking this stuff, um, that's what I do well. So you know where to find me. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project Podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.